Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a crowd podcast. How many times has Coley had success on the inside? Warrenter still wants that revenge. No, in them grueling fights, even when you have success, there's a lot to learn. One of the most dramatic things you'll see. They've probably watched each other spar in the gym. I've spoken to him about this. He says that he got a bit drunk on his success. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. It's Friday, Deck. Great introduction there thanks George. mate well hello uh, Declan we're, where's the celeb though we're not don't seeing need stars it. No? don't need it mate why we, uh, we're doing a well a preview show because there's three world titles happening in the UK we have to uh, get into it a little bit we didn't have time in the review no on Monday so we're going to have to do a little preview now yeah we thought we should we should pay homage to this night we didn't see this up by the way on Wednesday so apologies for that but we've got three massive fights and like I said nobody's been able to prove me wrong here I believe this is the first time this has ever happened Three world titles, three different shows in Britain, different promoters, different broadcasters. You've had shows before with maybe two or even three world title fights on them before. That's happened. But in three different locations, I don't think so because in this era of loads of world titles, this never used to happen. It didn't even happen in the heyday when there was like 10 champions from Britain or 15 or whenever, whenever it was. I think this is the first time ever. So we thought it's only right that we look at each of them individually and they're three really good fights. It's annoying when this happens, isn't it, George? Because it's like British boxing sort of shooting itself in the foot a bit because you've got three f- shows of this magnitude all on the same night. It's just don't bit, find a negative in it. I'm just different. saying, don't, like, don't be that guy. It's not, it's not ideal, is it? The guy who writes our opinions. Yeah, I, listen, Stop I'm just... Stop being miserable. I, I, we got Lawrence Acoli. Presenting the facts. Right, where should we start? I think, that, I think we'll start there, don't we, George? Because CBS... Obviously, he's in the club. He's a former stablemate of yours. He's trained by Shane McGuigan. We know all about CBS. And I would say, all that, I'll ask you this question. Out of the three fights, so we've got a Co- Lawrence Acoli, WBO cruiserweight champion, defending his belt against Chris Billingsmith, his former, his former stablemate. In Manchester, we've got Maurizio Lara, the big punching Mexican, fighting Lee Wood for the second time, only four months after he knocked him out in seven rounds. That's in Manchester. And then in Northern Ireland, Belfast, you've got Mick Conlon taking on Luis Alberto Lopez as the champion there at featherweight. Do you agree that CBS has got the hardest job this weekend out of any of those boxes? Not sure. Like it. Okay, Not let's, sure. right. let's start there. It's in Bournemouth, underneath the stars, outdoors at his beloved Bournemouth FC, Vitality Stadium, or as legends like me call it, the Dean Court. It's old Dean Court. <laughs> CBS has been going his whole life. It's a very special place to him. He's not a blagger football boxer. This has to be about as good as it gets for CBS. Yeah, it's almost, if you're a CBS fan, a bit startling. You're like, man, yeah. this is so big. He's been campaigning for 
to be built in Bournemouth for a while. And when he signed with Cyclone, when he was with the McGuigan's promotion league, they co-promoted shows, but they were small hall shows down in, in Bournemouth to try and build his fan base there, knowing that he's marketable, knowing that he's likable, knowing that um, he's got a crossover appeal. And I think that was one of the major reasons that he did a deal with Sky, because Sky showed a commitment that they wanted to put on shows in Bournemouth. And it's paid off for him, because I think after two runouts down there, he's now in a stadium fight. It's not the stadium fight where you're thinking, all right, we've got to sell 80,000 tickets or 50,000 tickets, but it's a local guy fighting in front of um, his home fans at a football ground that he's at watching football every week and they've had to increase the capacity for it you yeah. know? I think they're up to 15 plus thousand yeah, tickets 15,000 in yeah they had a little dispute with the council about whether they could even do it with the late licence that was all smoothed over and they've got 15,000 I mean what a night that is it's a mega night so if you've got 15,000 in the O2 that is sold out when they say there's yeah. 20,000 in the O2 there's not you get about 15 and a half 16,000 and that's like the full bowl the top tier they haven't curtained off one side for an elaborate ring entrance <laughs> you know if you're going to stay indoors you can only go to the Manchester Arena and get more these are two guys that know each other they've sparred each other yeah tell us the history there so I'm, I wasn't in the gym with with him when Doris O'Coley joined but I was when Chris Billum Smith was there and when Chris was there he was still very much a prospect no ceiling put on his ambition or where, where he was going but no one was talking about him even challenging for a world title. You know, it was it was just something that was spoken about between, you know, the team. Lawrence Coley shows up, who is an Olympian, and people think he's going to be fast-tracked for a world title. So Shane McGuigan was probably compromised to a certain degree, had to make a... Uh, some assessments um, Chris Billum Smith's nose was probably put out of joint whether he wanted to say it or not you know he had a close relationship with Shane and he's essentially just been sort of trumped by this Olympian who's going to get a world title shot before he does but I think it worked out well for um, everyone really Lawrence made them leaps those strides forward won, Chris, the, won the world title with won Shane. the world title I think he's the shortest amount of bouts for a British fighter to win a world title and CBS is just on his heels. You know, he's mm. followed him up. When when he vacates the British, he wins the British. When he vacates the European, he wins the European. But I don't think they were sparring each other week in, week out, Declan. I think Shane was clever with that, you know. So if one of them comes in fat and out of shape, then they'll put them in, in for a spar just, and one's being used as such, you mm. know. And it was never too one-sided. It's not one fight is just getting used for the other one because the other one needs to peak or whatnot. You see from the, you know, the, the stuff on socials, they always had different sparring partners in. And Lawrence Acoli and Chris Billings with different style of fighters and different sizes, so they wouldn't always be appropriate for each other depending on who the opponent was anyway. That said, it is still bizarre. You know, Lawrence Coley leaves, has a fight, and then the following, like two days later, they announce that he's yeah. fighting Chris Billum Smith. He signed with Anthony Joshua, Lawrence Coley. Yeah, 258 um, management. 258 management, an Olympian, and I'm sure he thought, roll out whatever mechanisms you did to get Joshua up to become a star. Do the same for me. I'll do my my job. And then by the time I win a world title, I'm flying. But he didn't. He, he's won a world title and he's still not, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a big enough name, but he, he hadn't achieved quite enough. He was nowhere near like pay-per-view status and stuff like that. So then he's decided to make a change. I think he's left 258 management. He's left Eddie Hearn and the zone. Left Shane. Left Shane. Mm. So he's done a deal with Sky. I'm not sure who's looking after him, whether it's, he's almost looking after himself 
now with some, some close friends and he's left Shane and he decided that Lawrence Coley wanted to relocate away from the UK and Shane obviously can't do that he's got family and a stable fighters here in London that like he can't up sticks and move so that didn't work out so that was the back end of last summer when he, he, he moved away he left Shane essentially mm. it's just an extra bit of magic and spice in, the, in this whole story in this night for CBS that it's all very familiar they reckon they've done depending on who you listen to they reckon they've done between 200 and 300 rounds of sparring which does chime in with what you say they weren't just always sparring they've probably watched each other spar in the gym seen who, who they've come unstuck against seen who they've done well against see what their mannerisms are like what their personalities like on a day when they're flying and they when they're not I went to the first press conference to announce the fight there was nothing there no bite you mm. know which makes sense Lawrence Coley showed up very matter of fact as he sort of is very calm very laid back I think since then he sort of said that he's got a mole in the camp and he's just sort of trying to don't know if he's trying to tease out some headlines um, for you Declan to, to write <laughs> I'll, in, I'll take him in the papers yeah <laughs> or if um, he's trying to get under anyone's skin there in the McGuigan setup Chris Billum Smith's just trying to bat him away I'm not sure if he said anything to, to try and get under under a Coley skin yet the closest thing we got to a trash talk is a Coley pointing out that CBS didn't invite him to his wedding Billum Smith very nicely said well I've invited you to my world uh, world title winning party in my hometown instead he said that he had a lockdown wedding and yeah. there wasn't that many people he could invite <laughs> didn't even invite him on Zoom just a little bit of background again on the when a Coley joined Shane McGuigan who I spoke to we'll hear from him in a sec he said that at the time, he expected when CBS got to this this level of fighting for world titles that Akoli would be a heavyweight by now, so they wouldn't cross paths. Mm. And he tried to say that to Chris to keep, like, just to say, look, this is the plan. You know, you're not my second cruiserweight now. It's just part of the plan. As it happened, that hasn't happened, and he hasn't moved up, and this is they've come together. But at that point, he also turned down Isaac Chamberlain and Richard Rackball, who both wanted to train with him because he didn't just want to bring all the cruiserweights in. But Akoli's a special figure, so that kind of smoothed it over. We'll hear what Shane said about this fight because obviously he has a very very unique position in that he's trained them both he knows them both inside out he's watched them spy he knows their, their strengths and their weaknesses let's hear what he had to say most people look at Lawrence and they just think I'm going to walk him down I'm going to shorten that massive right hand of his and I'm just going to stick it on him and he's not built right he ain't got big strong legs so I'm going to try and physically wear him down and it's like well a lot of people have tried that amateur and pro and none of them have succeeded like we know what we have to do to get success in this fight is whether Chris can execute it consistently execute it for the 12 rounds if he consistently executes it for the 12 rounds I think he can chip away at him and I think he's naturally a tougher man than Lawrence mm. like he's naturally more brave and that's the thing like you know Lawrence has self-preservation like stamped on his forehead like he doesn't want to go to the well apologies for the background noise there you've got to have to blame Caroline Dubois for that for whacking the pads that hard but if you heard what he said, you'd probably agree that was reasonably scathing from Shane there, wasn't it? And he basically thinks that Chris is braver than Akoli, that that's going to be enough to win this fight. Bravery is never just enough, mm. but it's what you want out of your comments, you know? There's a way for Chris Billum-Smith to win this fight, and there's obviously a way that Lawrence Akoli to win this fight, you know? I think both guys are capable of beating each other. Akoli's got that, that equaliser power. But yeah, I mean, we saw David Light mm. um, walk for it you know, nine weeks ago. Sislak last year. Yeah, and it, it takes a while. It can take a while. It, you know, it take a while. And, you know, if, if they both fall into a, a, their roles, Lawrence Acoli is more advanced than Chris Billum-Smith. If Chris Billum-Smith allows that to happen, if he somehow falls into that state of play, then he will get beat. If they both go out and do 
what they're capable of doing and execute their game plans, then it's going to be a hard one to pick. Gen- yeah. It genuinely is. Because Chris Chris will not want to punch um, with him. We're not going to get caught at long range. And Akoli can't really fight in the close quarters. He more ties him up instead of fighting inside. Again, we go back to, I haven't seen enough of the sparring. What happens in sparring when mm. that happens? How many times has Chris been caught at the end of the shot in sparring and gone... Why have I let that happen? Why have I let that happen? How many times has Akoli had success on the inside? Maybe that's much more so than he's ever had in a real fight, you know, in sparring. But he's never been able to put it into a real fight. Do they have them spars when when Chris actually does what he does well, does he always have the, the rule of the roost? And then you're like, well, no, Akoli wasn't switched on today or he's just coming to camp or something else has happened. I think it's a mega fight. Mm. I'm luckily going to be down there and working that night, Declan. I can't argue with that. Should we, ask, should we hear what CBS had to say for himself? I think he's moving his feet a bit more. He's a bit more bouncy, a bit more amateurish, trying to spring in with the one-two, um, which is, you know, sort of that conk style. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, but it's all about, you know, he does a fit off his left hand and, and tries to set you up with that. Um, so yeah, do you think um, it's long enough really to implement anything with the new with the new coach with Sugar Hill? Um, I think so. He's obviously had a bit of time with him. He's had one fight with him. Yeah, you can definitely implement stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be the finished article of what Sugar might want him to be. I don't think. I think takes, things take time. Um, but he'll be he'll be different to what he was under Shane. Yeah. And um, the David Light fight, what do you think of that? Um, do you think of that performance? It wasn't a great performance, no. but at the same time, he won convincingly. So like, you you got to give give him give him props to that. Um, and he's never looked close to getting beat. As boring as he may be to watch people give him stuff, he's never looked close to getting beat. Okay, so that's what Chris had to say, George. If you're in his corner at the weekend, which you will be quite near it, what are the tactics? How do you beat Lawrence Coley? Like he said there, nobody's come even close. It's kind of the same, as I say. It's, it's the same as Lawrence Coley, and it's going to be a mental battle. It's a battle of who can stay switched on. At the top top level, we, we saw Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron the other week. If you can stay switched on, the body follows the mind, and sometimes it's, it's, it's overlooked and it's easier said than done, but staying switched on and zoned in on exactly what you should be doing for like essentially 36 minutes of action it might come down to whoever does that the best will be the one who comes out on top and it could be who not necessarily who bites down the gum shield hardest and goes for it it's who can stick to what they need to do I fear this fight could could DJ we, CBS is in fucking thrilling fights isn't he with Isaac Chamberlain and everyone he has a fight with down there Lawrence Cody's in the opposite of exciting fights so what happens when you put them together and who does that benefit do, can a, a Coley kind of turn this into another his pace his control his distance only engage when he wants to because he's done that to everyone else and if he does he wins this comfy on the cards I think so with that in mind George can I push you for a prediction I'll pass this one because I'm working on Saturday so I like it very parliamentary procedure there my prediction Chris Williamsmith wins okay round two name something that's not boring laundry Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That is in Bournemouth. So then we go up, what? fucking up a few roads end up in Manchester I think this fight is the most thrilling of the three on Saturday night so 14 weeks after they did battle for the first time when Lee Wood was boxing beautifully to stay out of trouble against Mauricio Lara he holds his feet for a split second he hooks with the hooker both of them land left hooks at the same time and only one winner in that situation and he's vaporised I'm going to ask you the question first Edmund. how does Lee Wood's mentality need to differ in this second fight I think he needs to do the same thing he was doing last time and I've spoken to him about this he says that he got a bit drunk on his success he, because he was outboxing him he was winning the rounds he was doing really well he was doing everything that was needed but it's that old adage isn't it? it's Lee Wood needs to be perfect for 36 minutes Mauricio Lara needs to be perfect for one second and that's what happened and Wood held his feet so mentality wise I think he was on to a winner but he just got a bit excited. He got a bit drunk on that success, a bit overconfident. And then you get cleaned out by Lara, who wasn't looking good. He gets a lot of early knockouts and he got him into the seventh round. And once you get into eight and nine, Lara's getting a bit desperate and Wood's just boxing well. I think it's a similar mentality that he needs. I don't think he got he got the game plan wrong. I think he was onto a winner. It's just those moments in the fight. So Lee Wood, what you're saying, has to say switched on. So back to what I'm saying about yeah. Lawrence Coley and Chris Billum Smith saying switched on wins this fight. It's more, it's not even, I'm not even sure it's about being switched on necessarily it's about being switched on but also being cautious not getting greedy against someone like well, you Lara see, that's usually a, a mental a mental switch off yeah 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 you know, getting greedy is not you being mentally aware of what's coming back yeah and then it's just you going into switch not going to autopilot yeah. no it's not even autopilot because well, you can be autopilot and switched on do you think Lara might be better do you think yeah. Lara might might come better and might find a target for his big shots earlier yeah. I do I do think he will I think he'll be better I think he's getting better with every fight his confidence is growing he's turning into a superstar he's got sleep in both hands like he's a proper dangerous fighter he's going to hit him with everything again early and he's going to be confident in knocking him out because he just chinned him 14 weeks ago like he's going to think well I'm just going to do it again do you think Wood's got enough punch power to hurt Lara yes 100% we've seen he can punch he's a big puncher and I think Lara has got respect for that he, I think he has to land something early because I, I assume Lara's this fearless young Mexican who's knocked out Josh Warrington knocked out Lee Wood he's obviously going to turn up thinking 
I'm just going to do it again. I'll just do what I do. I think Wood needs to get some respect pretty early and slow him down and stop him from ploughing forward. He looked a bit rubbish at times, actually, in the first fight. No disrespect to him, but I'm sure he'd agree. It wasn't like he was putting his shots together and stuff, but it's those little moments where it's like, yeah, this guy's dangerous and everything that lands is like, whoa, and then it just wears you down. You know, I think he's capable of hurting Lara and I think he's he's capable of, of outboxing him. I think that's more of an upset than, than Chris Bill and Smith winning. Yeah, if you I'm reckon? Honest. I know Wood was winning that first fight until he got caught, but I think Lara might be better. You know, yeah. and I think, yeah, just that calmness in knowing you can hurt the guy. He doesn't need to be erratic. He doesn't need to be gun ho in trying to find a home for that. I know he has, as you say, he's had a lot of early stoppages, but he knows that when the timing comes, he can he's got power in both hands. So I think it might be a harder fight than the first fight. When you see a rematch, like you're kind of just picking it off based on nothing. And if this was in the last second of the 12th round that the knockout came, fine. But it was seven rounds in. He had quite a lot of time to get through still in that fight without getting knocked out. So yeah, I think it's going to go the same way. And it's just whether Wood can stay out of trouble. Doesn't matter when when you get hit in the fight, really, because if if you get hit with that sort of shot, yeah, it's over. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't like he just got clipped with something and it was over. He did get caught with a tremendous shot. Yeah. So you can't let that happen again. Lara, one of the most exciting fighters in, in that division. Though. To be fair, he's emerged as one of the most exciting fighting, fighters in the whole sport. He's obviously beaten Josh Warrington. Josh Warrington was like the third man in this little menage a trois and we were told that it was almost Warrington-Lara on this date. Would add an immediate rematch clause and that's why it seems that this is in Manchester because they actually thought it would probably be Warrington against Lara here and Wood would fight the winner but Wood went nah I want it straight away which says a lot it's not because he's, his ego he's like oh, lay, let me get at him again he's like no I know how to win this fight I've been watching him studying him but Josh Warrington's on the outskirts here do you think Warrington fights the winner here do you think certainly if Lara wins it it will be Warrington next and if so does Lara win, beat him again because obviously he knocked him out they had the second one stopped early on a cut so Warrington still wants that revenge if Lara wins then there's possibly the Warrington fight could crop up again yeah. but how it would go I'd have to see I'd have to wait until after this weekend yeah. predict this one for us though I think Lara to be honest Lara's inside the yeah. distance I think if it's a distance fight Wood wins on point surely he's had to watch the fight 40 times he says he's watched it more than 40 times that's a, that's a hard one. Yeah, that's, that's a camp in itself, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously remember the stoppage. It's 10 seconds left in the round and Davison calls it off. Now he's explained that, Wood has, that Davison knew about the rematch clause. He knew about all of that. He knew they were in a good position, strong position if he just saved him. He says if it happens again, circumstances are different. He would expect to be given longer to to carry on. But we'll see if that happens. Maybe he doesn't get hit. Maybe there's, Ben Davison doesn't have that decision to make. But okay. So we're thinking Mauricio Lara. What's your prediction? I would say I'd have to go with repeat. Yeah, You have to based on all the factors. I think Lee Wood was 100% has it in him to win this fight. Based on what we saw, I just it's a hard pick. You can't pick against Lara and I just that's all I ever do. And he just he just stitches me up. It's the Mexican in you now. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's true. Arriba. So anyway, that's for the WBA featherweight title. So across that division and across the sea into Belfast, the IBF featherweight title is on the line in I would say I mean it's on a par with 
with CBS in terms of event. But this is a massive event in Belfast, that amazing boxing city where we saw unbelievable events for Carl Frampton and et cetera, et cetera. And he, one of their favorite sons, Mick Conlon, takes on Luis Alberto Lopez, the champion for that IBF featherweight title. Obviously, famously stitched up at the Olympics, et cetera, et cetera. One of the, the blue chip prospects in the sport got knocked out by Lee Wood, but he's back and he's rebuilding and he's got this opportunity against Luis Alberto Lopez and he's got home soil and Lopez obviously bolstered by his last win where he won the title and that was against Josh Warrington and that was in December seems like a long time ago but it was only in December how you landed on this one George? I rate Mick Conlon yeah the first time I sat down and really really watched him was in the, the wood fight yeah. and I thought he was exceptional what a fight and it's just a brilliant fight. He gets caught right at the end. Um, he dropped Wood as well in the first round, right at the end of the first round, I remember, heavy. And then he goes down in the 11th, and then, like you say, 12th round, he's through the ropes. I mean, just a mad event. I reckon it it, it made him a better fighter. You know, I think you he, he's come back from it. Is it you know, in them grueling fights, even when you're having success, there's a lot to learn. It's another chance now to fight for a world title. So he's 27 and 2, and the last of those defeats, or the most recent of those defeats, came way back in 2019 against Ruben Villa, and that was a 10 round unanimous decision. He got cut pretty early. The only other defeat was another 10 round Abraham Montoya, but, you know, he's, he's been rebuilding, he's been winning. He beat, he stopped Isaac Lowe at York Hall. I was there that night. He obviously beat Josh Warrington in his last fight. Full of confidence, like mm. on you know, riding the crest of a wave. Conlon, though, we should say, that was March last year when he got stopped by Lee Wood. He could have come back and had a couple of easy touches. He came back against Miguel Mariago, who's a big puncher, mm. and then he, he beat him on points, and then he blitzed Karim Gurphy in, in the first round, and then he gets this opportunity. Do you feel like that proves that there's no mental scar and there's no hangover from what happened against Wood? Because it was... The, one of the most dramatic things you'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I don't know. Yeah. I, you never know, but he's back to winning ways and and he's winning well. Over a year ago now, two solid camps in. This will be the third. He's got home advantage yeah. in this one. Can't afford to slip up this time. No. There will be that aspect to it, you know. A loss is always hard in boxing. A loss for a world title is really hard. To lose in the fashion that he did would have been hard for other reasons if it doesn't come off for him this time. Mentally very exhausting. You know, mm. I, I had back-to-back -back world title defeats, but, you know, they were back-to-back. -back. And then it was a, it was like 15 months later when I lose the third one. That's one that really hurt. How old were you at that point, the Badu Jack one? So, 26. 26, the Badu Jack fight. 26, Badu Jack, yeah. Fuck me, it was long ago then. But yeah, okay, so you were, I mean, that's what I mean. You rebuilt and that's why you could do the fourth one. But Mick Conlon's 31. If he loses here, he's obviously lost to Lee Wood already, been stopped. If he loses here in that division, which is busy, it's a long rope back in it for Mick Conlon if he doesn't get this one right. He's got, it's all in his favour. It's on home soil. You know, he's a good champion, but he's not. It's not murderer's row for him. This is a winnable fight. We might all just like prick our ears up and be like, wow, Th at 31, he's, he's yeah. arrived. He's here to clean up now for the next few years. Um, I think it's a good style for Conlon. Yes, I do. I think he's going to shine. And if I had to gun to my head, pick a result that I was most confident, it would be Conlon decision here. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I'll go with that as yeah, well. I think it's just going to be one of those nights there. I think it's going to be like when Frampton beat Kiko Martinez over there in the, at the um, Titanic quarter, that sort of thing. Like a big moment for Mick Conlon, big moment for the city. And then he sets up the winner of Wood. I mean, if Wood beats Lara and Conlon wins, you can have that again. Okay, George. Well, that's three. I mean, that's a bumper weekend for us. I mean, I've actually got a confession to make here, George. The biggest night in sort of British boxing journalism, I'm at a stag do in Lisbon. Andre 
is the one who's arranged it on this weekend, the biggest weekend in British boxing history in terms of three world title fights. So I won't be at any of them. I thought you'd be going Guadalajara. So I'll, like no. I'll be watching remotely and we'll have a chat if I'm alive. You never know. Well, I'll be watching but you'll be there for at least two of them shows. Yeah, exactly. So you'll be there. Now, there's all sorts of business on all the undercards. Do you um, want me to do any, do you want to take any notes? Is yeah, could any, you do? I've got, out f- any articles I've got a few, yeah, I've got a few orders for you to take care of. No, um, I think Nick Ball against Ludomo Lamarty is going to be a really good fight over in Belfast. Pierce O'Leary, we know about him. Look out for him. Big knockout man. And our man, Isaac Chamberlain. Shout out, Isaac. Yep, he's in he's in action. It was supposed to be for the British against Mikhail Lawal. That's not happening anymore. Terry Harper's in action. She was supposed to box in Dublin, but it got shifted because Breakus got injured. So she's boxing this weekend. William Crawler, the brother of Anthony. Remember he told us about it in the podcast yes, of Crawler? Did, yes. If you haven't heard the Crawler episode, go and listen to that. And he told us about his brother, William, who he's training. He makes his debut in Manchester this weekend on that undercard of Lee Wood against Maurizio Lara. Also, Tommy Welch is on uh, the Sky card. Is he? In, yeah. in Bournemouth? Welch, he's on the Sky card. Go I was on. with him yesterday. Yeah. And he's been out in um he's been out in America training Malik Scott's gym. Just like a chip off the old block. Yeah. Loads of fantastic stories. Shared a few about his dad. So uh obviously I'm talking about Scott. Yeah. He's coming. He's got big ambitions. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Uh, okay, so he's on the undercard. We we'd be able to talk about the undercard for another four hours, but let's wrap it up there, George. As always though, obviously these podcasts come in thick and fast. How am I gonna make sure that I'm not missing anything? Because I don't want to be missing stuff, do I? No, you don't want to miss anything. Please no. Right. And the way to not miss anything is to become an elite club member. ECM. Yes, hit the follow button in your podcast app. Yep, and we're finally giving the GGBC a physical home, George. So, and what we need is dream gym suggestions. Ah. Yeah, remember that bit? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, keep sending them in. Yeah, jump back to our Marnie episode. Yeah. Marnie swindles. Yeah. She swindled you out of that feature as well. She really did. And uh, talking to us about building her dream gym. And she put on her Instagram she wants a free hoodie. She just got 250 grand. Yeah, I think in in The Apprentice, you have to get it at at least a discount. When I used to watch it, you couldn't pay full price. I think don't be surprised if the next series of The Apprentice the GGBC hoodie is on the, the list of weird shit that they <laughs> yes, have to find it somewhere so they turn up here knocking on the door on the red door so get in touch with your dream gym suggestions you can email us ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk you can leave a review on Apple you can reach us how else George on the socials oh yes the socials being Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at ggboxingclub always the same uh, send us your voice notes as well send them baby and they also dig it on the show send, our, send us your suggestions for your ring walk that you've always dreamt of because then we might stick it on our playlist The Ring Walk which is on Spotify shout out Spotify you can also listen ad vert free on Amazon Music Deck we are back Wednesday with an elite club I'm so, member I'm so excited about Wednesday you know who it is don't you I do because should I say it or she you I think maybe should we say it at the same time after three one two three John Ryder <laughs> got there first John Ryder's on the show everyone and he's back and he's going to tell us all about what happened in Mexico Mm. he's going to fucking give us the lowdown I cannot wait for this Super John Ryder is back where he belongs the gorilla we have to get some bananas in be refreshing for me to hear from someone else about Mexico since you haven't stopped talking about it since you get back I thought you were going to say someone else who lost a world title fight there oh uh, let's not lower the tone (laughs) see you next week mate see you next week George 